What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of... Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I'm here to speak to you today about your changing bodies. The blood is released through the vagina. Please, do this one thing for me. Let me just be normal and regular like everybody else. Just please, 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 please. All right, everybody. You were just listening to the trailer for Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. And the story is as follows. Raised by a Christian mother and a Jewish father, an adolescent girl starts to ask questions about religion and faith. The film is starring Abby Ryder Fortson, Rachel McAdams, Benny Safdie, and Kathy Bates. It is written and directed by Kelly Fremont Craig. And here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Meredith Loftus. It's me, Meredith. <laughs> we also have Evo Day. L'chaim. And joining us as a guest here on the podcast, returning, we have from Music City Drive-In, Allison McCulloch. Hello. Good to see you again. Yes, absolutely. Good to hear from you as well. It's been a while. I think it's been about... What, two years since yes. Voyagers, I think it was, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. The, the classic known <laughs> as Voyagers. But no, in all honesty, hopefully we're talking about a new classic here today, at least a classic within the coming of age uh, genre of storytelling, because Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Sorry, that's a mouthful of a title. Um, written by Judy Bloom is one of the most popular books uh, ever written for adolescent uh, teenagers, uh, mostly because it deals with topics that we you know, all have to uh, go through in life, but more specifically women um, and the changes that a woman's body undergoes when they uh, hit that certain age. And as a result, this uh, book was unafraid to approach that topic in such a way that it was very controversial upon release, but it has become uh, extremely beloved over the years. It's taken a long time for this project to finally make its way to the big screen as an adaptation. And you have Kelly from on Craig who steps in as the writer and director, her previous film it feels like it was so long ago that's because it was was the edge of 17 which was another really well received coming of age film that focused on a female teenager played extraordinarily well uh in that movie by uh Haley steinfeld and here a lot of the uh elements that we enjoyed about that film are transferred over to are you there god it's me margaret and i'm really excited to hear from each of you uh how you all connected with this story, either from the book or from the movie, uh, what you all thought about it. Um, I'm not going to ask anybody to get personal if they don't want to, 
uh, in terms of how they relate to it. But if you want to have at it, um, I understand for a lot of young women, this uh, book and this story, this movie, too, for a whole new generation, I think everyone is going to find a really personal connection to it um, over time. So with all that said, starting with our guest here, Allison. General thoughts, what did you think of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, the movie. And if you want to explain your history with the book, if there is one, uh, feel free to do so as well. Sure. Um, I remember as a kid uh, being into like Beverly Cleary, but I think I was discouraged from reading Judy Bloom, And I was kind of unclear if I had ever read the book, but... Um, uh, I, I earlier this week, I saw the Judy Bloom documentary, Judy Bloom Forever, and she was talking about how controversial it was. And um, so the movie for me was, I think, my first Judy Bloom experience apart from the documentary. And I just uh, related to it a lot because, I mean, she hits like all the points of like how awkward it is uh, being uh, being 11. Yeah. So and. For me, I I moved to from California to Tennessee when I was like 14, and this girl uh, moves Margaret moves from uh, New York to New Jersey, which is which doesn't seem that far, but in terms of you know New York is so amazing, and she gets to see Broadway shows there with her grandmother, and then she she's exiled to New Jersey. Um, it does seem like quite a change, so I related to that. Um, I related to, um, just a brief, brief, uh, personal note, like my parents left the Catholic church when I was like five or six. And then I had cousins who were like, oh my God, you're a Protestant now. And like, um, you know, trying to please the grandparents by like going to mass with them. So I kind of related when Margaret, uh, was trying to please her Jewish grandmother by going to temples. So I, I kind of felt like, uh, that was. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was a universal experience, but she kind of hit like different points of like being a child and trying to please everybody, your parents, grandparents. So, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. For sure. Meredith, how about you? Uh, same question. What did you think of Are You Vere God? It's me, Margaret. And any uh, past familiarity with the source material? Yeah. So actually, like Allison, I am also one of the young girls who did not grow up reading Judy Bloom. Um, it wasn't, I don't recall there really being a reason as to why, just like those books never crossed my way. And I also think because of some generational trauma, my mom, you know, wasn't opposed to having these conversations with me. So I don't feel like I lost out on reading it but at the same sense like going into seeing this movie I knew how important it was for so many women around me and even my own mom she grew up reading Judy Bloom so when I told her I was seeing this she was like oh my gosh my childhood you know so I came into this movie with fresh eyes and I really enjoyed it uh for having a limited understanding of like what this would cover. I think they did a really well done job. I think they really came across what it means to be a girl growing up and going through so much physical, emotional, spiritual change. I was really impressed by the just the innocence and care involved with it, uh, especially with like not just showcasing 
Margaret's changes, but like Barbara's changes and Sylvia's changes and just the generational stuff happening there. I grew up uh, in a Presbyterian household. So my mom grew up Southern Baptist. My dad was Catholic. And something cool within confirmation in the Presbyterian church is that you get to go check out different churches or uh, faith background uh, places of worship. So like I did go to temple when I was in seventh grade. I did attend Catholic mass. And so seeing Margaret kind of explore uh, different uh, faith backgrounds for her project was just like really well done. And like I saw that in myself her grandma taking her to temple. That is literally my Grammy. Anytime she would take me to her church growing up, like, Oh, it's my granddaughter. I felt so seen. Um, in those scenes, I do have like, I am a Christian. I do have a faith background. So like I was interested in how they were going to do this. And I just think for anybody exploring like what spirituality means to them, I think they, for what little I know of the book, I feel like they handled it very well. And I was, I love all of it. Oh, and also like the aspects of friendship at that age too. I deeply connected to like what it means to like find friends, how to fit in and just the uh, dynamics that come into play there. Like I, I loved how they, tackled that too so i yes i really enjoy this movie okay evo day same question well i definitely have a history with this book in particular judy bloom is definitely a figure in me and my older sister's lives one of them in particular is basically like a super fan and has read all of her books i remember distinctly I don't remember exactly what age I was. I think I was probably around 10 because I think I remember being younger than Margaret when my mom was like, okay, you have to read this now. And I was like, oh, okay. And I had a lot of questions about it. And I remember like talking to her about it. And the cool thing is that the copy she gave me, which I distinctly remember as being purple and having a blonde girl, was the copy that my mom had when she first got the book, which was about when it came out in the early 70s. And there's a funny story that it, the book was so popular amongst the girls in her school that she couldn't get it from the library. So her dad went out and bought it for her. And when her friends found out that he bought it for her, they were like, you got your dad to buy you that book? Because, you know, it's such a it's such a girl. It's such a book for girls. And there's a lot of topics on it that you wouldn't necessarily want to talk to your dad about, especially in the 1970s. And I... I had so much to relate to about this book, especially the aspect of uh, Margaret's parents having an interfaith religion, which sort of uh, mimics my parents. My mom is Jewish and my dad is Catholic and well, raised Catholic. And as a sort of result of not wanting to have to pick what religion me and my sisters are, we sort of had, I would say the best of both worlds. We know we celebrate Christmas and Easter in the most sort of decorative way, in, in a non-religious way. And the same thing goes for like Hanukkah and Passover and Rosh Hashanah. But we never really got too far into the actual religious aspect of any holiday, which 
was nice on the one hand, but did also always leave this sort of sense of uh, confusion and not really feeling like you belong anywhere if you don't really have one thing to sort of subscribe to, especially when you go to your cousin's bar mitzvahs and every and the rabbi is speaking Hebrew and some people understand, but you don't have any idea what anyone is saying. Um, so this book definitely is a formative piece of culture in my in my childhood. And I think that this movie absolutely loves the book and has so much heart and love towards it. And while I think it was overall a good adaptation that did hit on a lot of the themes, there was a little bit I found left in left to be desired in the sort of I think approach it took to the subject matter. You know, the th- the book in the 1970s was so radical and it still I think is subject to bannings in high schools and elementary schools and I guess middle schools. And I think the film sort of could have taken that spirit a little bit further of being a radical portrayal of I don't want to say young womanhood. I don't really like that term, but you know, this age. Um I think it was a little safe at times. Now, it is a presumably a film that people want children to watch, but I do think that it could still go a little bit further than some coming-of-age films have gone in the past. And I have a, a little bit to discuss in terms of the way that it had some scenes that were not from Margaret's perspective. I get that from a filmmaking tactic, but I think the film like a lot of books from the perspectives of children is really formed by that. And, you know, the way that she sees the world really informs the style of the book and how the reader perceives the world as well. And it could have maybe taken that as well and made the whole thing from her perspective. So nothing is really explained and everything is a little bit confusing. I think that would have been an interesting approach and, and way to adapt this story. But um, overall, I, I, you know, while I was watching it, I did feel that sort of relatability because it's been over a decade since I've read this. And I, you know, I brought, was brought right back to the book. I was brought, brought right back to the story. And you have that sort of care now as an older woman for Margaret going through when, when I read it, I hadn't gone through any of this. And now it's been 10 years since I've gone through it. And you sort of just want to, you know, you want to give her a hug and just tell her it's going to be okay because you have that added perspective. So it's definitely a, an interesting emotional experience, I would say. It was a, a long-winded say, uh, way of saying I like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep my uh, opening thoughts here brief. Um, I thought this was a very delightful coming-of-age film. Um, it hit all the right notes. I think the uh, cast is absolutely pitch-perfect in their tone, uh, the way they convey uh, the film's more humorous moments. I think Kelly from Uncraig very authentically captures something that feels very relatable, honest, um, even elements that I could never relate to. I still found certain parts of it relatable, like um, like uh, what was said before about discovering uh, your friends at that very awkward age and who is like your group and how are you uh, discovering who you are in the process? What are your likes? What do you don't like? What do you do to struggle like to fit in? What is it like trying to talk to people uh, that you're interested in? uh, But yet at the same time, you don't know how to rationalize like the, the the feelings because your body is changing and you know you're going through that that 
that stage in life where everything is just completely awkward. Now, it's not portrayed like in a horrific way, like something like Eighth Grade was by Bo Burnham. But I think that it captures something that's just very sweet and lovable. And I feel that I could show this literally to anyone, to your point you said before, Eve. I think they were trying to make it as accessible as possible, especially because there's such a rising attitude in this country nowadays where I can already feel that there is like this anti are you there god it's me margaret contingent out there it it used to exist for the book now it's forever going to exist for the movie as well and a lot of it comes from that strong conservative religious uh household that feels very strongly that these topics should still not be so widely discussed uh because of the I don't know how to put it, but like sacredness of a woman's body and how that should not be something that should be um, explored so freely. Um, It should be reserved for marriage. And it's just like these very, very set strict rules and values. So from like a religious standpoint, and I'll get a little personal here for a moment. My grandparents are born again Christian as well. And I know for a fact that my parents and even us as their grandkids have struggled with having a a strong relationship with them because of how judgmental they can be. It's like, if you're not a part of this faith, if you don't accept, you know, like Jesus Christ into your heart, you're going to hell and we have to disown you as family. That's been a very, very, like, kind of tough relationship in all of our lives, I feel like, because you still want to love them as Rachel McAdams uh, wants to have that relationship with her parents. But how do you navigate through that when people just have these extremely set points of view of the world and so much so that it doesn't even allow for there to be that connection with your own uh, flesh and blood? So there was a lot here that I I found to be extremely strong on a thematic and uh, level that I thought was really, really complex, but it's distilled in such a way that Like I said, I feel like I could put this in front of almost anyone. Obviously, I think there's a limit here in terms of age where, you know, at a certain age, you're just not going to understand this. But yeah, if you get to Margaret's age, I understand that it's, you know, maybe some people might consider it uh, too early to be discussing such themes. But I think, you know, at that formative point in someone's life, where they do start asking questions and they are curious, not just about their own body, but also about the world around them and how the world works and how that loss of innocence into adulthood is something that really determines ultimately what kind of a person you're going to be in life. I think it's extremely important to have these conversations and not be so closed off about it because then you give the choice to that individual for them to forge their own path in life. I'm really impressed with how this movie captures all of that in, what is it, like less than two hours? Yeah, it's 106 minutes long. It's it's, it's really, really brilliantly well-constructed, I think. Um, so yeah, I think Kelly from Craig, she needs to work more often because as far as I'm concerned, her two feature films here, Edge of 17, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, two for two. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to just get one thing out of the way. Let me just be clear. I very much enjoyed all the scenes with Kathy Bates. She's obviously delightful. She's a scene stealer. <laughs> That is not a Jewish woman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, yes and no. Like, yes, in terms of attitude, I would say. What? What does that mean? Well, like, okay, so I grew up in the suburbs in Italian-American households and a lot of Jewish households uh, as well in Long Island, because a lot of my friends growing up were Jewish. And it's not so much like I, I get what you're saying, Eve, but it's more about like like the spirit of that character, the energy and the vibe of that character and what she's what she's portraying is something that I, I found to be recognizable. It did just feel like they forced the words mensch and lachaim out of her out of her voice. And I was like, OK, <laughs> like, I see what you're trying to do it here. I'm not convinced. Still, she's like so enjoyable to watch. She sells it. Oh, yeah. Especially the scene where Margaret asked to be taken to Temple for the first time. And she's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, this is my granddaughter. This is my granddaughter. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like that kind of attitude, like that sense of like pride of showing off all oh, my granddaughters here. Let me show her off to all like my friends at Temple. Like I, something about that to me, I was like, yep. Mm hmm. I mm-hmm. I know that feeling. I've seen it before. <laughs> you I, know, know? Yeah, I know. And I, I'm, I think that's a that's just sort of. That's a, a, a fact of the character. I, you know, I'm not saying that it, it's not so far as that uh, people who are not Jewish can never play Jewish characters. I, I just think that it's a it's a sort of trend that's been noted a lot recently of non-Jewish actors playing these roles where the character's Judaism is like a really big part of their life, as is this character. And I I just think maybe they could have considered I'm sure they did considered other options. That's just all I'm saying. Okay. The other thing, too, I want to point out is um, I didn't mention this before. I, I too, saw Judy Bloom forever prior to watching Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And I've never read a Judy Bloom book myself, uh, but my sisters and my mother have. So when I told them that I was seeing the documentary and seeing the movie, um, they, they were so excited Aww. that I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, hold up now. One, why are you so excited? I because I had I didn't have any familiarity with Judy Bloom or the book prior to the release of any of this. Um, and then they told me why, and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And then I kind of realized that for many people, because this book has been around, like you said, Eve, since like the 70s, th- this is almost like a generational event, the release of this movie. And I've heard stories now since then of People uh, like their grandmothers taking uh, their daughters and them taking their grandkids. Like I have heard like all these amazing stories of people who grew up with the book wanting to share it with the next generation. I just think that's a very, very lovely thing. And I hope that the movie, because it is so earnest in the way that it captures the um, uh, its emotions and the spirit of the book, I, I, I really, really hope that this movie can be a success. Maybe not at the box office because of just the times that we live in are very tough for movies such as this. But, you know, it having a long shelf life on video streaming VOD, I, I would love for that to happen for this. I, I definitely wish if I wasn't in a different city, I definitely would have gone to see this film with my mom and my two sisters. I, that's kind of experience that I, I wish I had. I mean, you know, it'll come out on streaming and then we can watch it at home together, but that'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to jump on board something you said earlier about like, uh, people not wanting to 
to discuss these issues because yeah. I vaguely remember being discouraged from reading the book, like I said, and I'm pulling up this article about how Florida is considering banning discussion of menstruation before sixth grade. I don't know if you remember that. That was like about a month ago. Yeah. So 11 is about the age when girls are about ready to experience getting their periods. I mean, it's a little bit early. Some girls might not get it till they're 16. They talk about like the different ages, but just it's good to know what's coming up so that, you know, when they get their period, they're not scared. They're not like, oh, my gosh, it's um, and it was kind of weird because the Nancy character like knew it was coming and she still acted like she was dying the first time she got it. Well, almost. But yeah, so just like. It's it's weird that they don't want to inform these girls. I don't know how anyone else feels, but just like not having an open discussion about it is dangerous. And just by having a movie like this that treats it as a normal thing, as opposed to, oh, my gosh, we cannot talk about this. One of the distinct things in the book that I remember is that she it, it makes like clear reference to the kind of products that she uses, which is a sanitary napkin with a belt which is a thing that does not exist anymore because we all obviously have adhesive pads now. And I remember my mom being like, uh, by the way, this isn't a thing anymore. So you don't have to worry about that. I was like, phew, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> awful. Um, which I, I heard funnily enough that version updated versions of this book have changed it to more modern sort of, uh, period material, the materials, that's not the right word, but, um, which I think is kind of weird, I have to say, uh, sort of removing it from the context in which the book was written. And I sort of noticed that the film kind of does that too. Like, I remember that, I remember the belt in the book so distinctly. And I was like, oh, they're going to do that in the movie. And they didn't. And it, it sort of gave me a sense that, and this isn't a bad thing, but the film very much feels like it is made for 2023. It is made for a sort of modern audience, which is fine. But I, I do feel like it's sort of, in this, other than the production design, which I thought was quite good, like the the way that it, the sets and the costumes and the hair and everything, it it's, did feel a little bit like it had something to be desired in the way that it presented the 1970s. It That did feel a little bit lost to me. And like, that was sort of all just costume. I mean, it is, it's costumes and set dressing, but I think there could have been a little bit more a little bit more immersion into that era. So here's what I've come to the conclusion with, with with regards to that, though, is that while I respect that they told a period film, because I, I agree, Eve, they could have very easily have just set this in the modern time. Oh, I but don't I do, want them to But do I do that. think that that would change like so much about the dialogue and um, you, you know, you introduce technology and cell phones and oh, I could just look this stuff up on the Internet. I, I think it would have changed like so, so much. So I, I think, though, that put setting it in the past allows for there to be that a more uh, open dialogue between mother and daughter, um, like the, the relationship between Rachel McAdams and uh, Abby Ryder Forston in this movie, where today, um, you know, I, I think you would lose some of that. Oh, I didn't want it to be set in the present. Is that what it sounds oh, like I know. you said? Okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I know that's not what you're, what you're saying. I, I'm more so commenting that to me, I, I, I think that in order to convey these themes as strongly as they did, it, it has to be set in the past. And as a result of that, yes, you 
you know, go about introducing like the production design elements, the costuming and so on and so forth. But I don't think any of that is important. So if they didn't get like any of that, quote unquote, right to me, that's 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 forgivable. And I can write that off. What's more important is that they properly communicate what the book's themes are and its ideas and making sure that it's being presented in a way that people even today in 2023 can still relate to and understand. So Mm -hmm. I want to say to to your comment, Eve, I can be forgiving of the updated like pad products that they use in that only because I feel like that creates a conversation between mothers and daughters for this reason of, oh, well, they're showing this. I had a belt involved with mine when I used my peer or when I had to use these products for the first time. And oh my goodness, I, you know, my mom and I have these conversations of when I started my period of like telling me, you don't know how good you have it because it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Typical parent talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think to sort of clarify what I was saying, I, I, the reason that that sort of literary update sort of confuses me a little bit. And I'm, I'm sort of, I have a sort of preservationist mindset. So keep that in mind that I, I don't think that this book, even though it is so informative for many girls, I don't think it needs to sort of act as a textbook. And I would say the same thing about the the movie. And I think it is informed by its setting in 1970. And I think if it had sort of embraced that just a little bit more by sort of not, and I'm not, I thought the, all the set, and the costumes were good. Like, I think it looked really good. I just think maybe it had a it had a very modern mentality, which, you know, I understand is obviously made by modern people. But I, I it sort of took me out a few times throughout the film. Not to the extent that I was, like, upset or anything. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of approaching this film with a critical eye because it does have very big shoes to fill. So I'm not trying to be overly negative or critical. No, 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 I hear you. Um, But at the same time, the textbook mentality was something that I definitely kind of took away from it because I'm always thinking about how films can be used in a positive way to get people to expand their minds, ask questions. You know, I'm the guy that like advocates that, you know, Lincoln should be shown in uh, history classes and, you know, things like that. So I'm always thinking of it like from a mindset of, um, okay, so somebody can watch this movie and maybe then have the curiosity to approach their parents or uh, someone in their life that they trust to, to ask questions and to learn something, you know? And so I do see it as a textbook and I'm okay with that because if it gets people to, to just open up and think about this stuff and, you know, not be so guarded, um, I, I think then that they're accomplishing what they set out to do. But by all means, though, they shouldn't consider it like gospel. Like it shouldn't be like the be all end all of this conversation. I think there's so much more still left to explore and to uh, question. And but but the movie should serve as a uh, jumping off pad to that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I think I think the film as it is, is a great jumping off pad for any young girl to watch. And the idea of hiding that information from girls at any age like there's no reason why it shouldn't be talked about from as as young as they can understand it so when it comes around it's not so damn scary yeah i mean that scene that you mentioned too with uh nancy uh wheeler where she uh reacts to it happening to her for real i'm just curious to know did either one of you like growing up around this time were, were girls using 
you know, getting their period as like sort of a status symbol as like Nancy does. In the 70s when we grew up? No, no, no. Just, like, I'm, in, I'm saying in general. Like. Um, kind of. I mean, I think I remember in my friend group in middle school in particular, you know, that is kind of the age where it starts happening, and, or at least in my close friends at the time. And I don't think it was more of, well, actually, yeah, it kind of was a symbol of like, oh, look at me now, or, Mm -hmm. but I, yeah, I'm going to stop there before I ramble. No, 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 it's okay. It's fine. I'm just curious to know if that attitude is something that uh, you all uh, experienced at one point or another from anybody in your lives, because um, to me, like just seeing that play out and there being like this uh, secret group of friends who like the the point of entry is you have to wear a bra and see that was a big deal yeah. yes in my that's our, this part was, was getting a bra yeah 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 for me it was for me it was fortunately periods were not a th- a status symbol fortunately but yeah definitely growing boobs was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the scene where uh, Margaret goes to the store to get her first bra with her mother. And it, what kind of bra was it called again? It was like a grow bra, a grow bra, <laughs> a grow, bra. Uh, grow into it. I, I love it because there's such like an urgency for Margaret to want this stage of her life to, to hurry up because it is seen in this era as like a status symbol. Um, especially because she's surrounding herself with, uh, other, with, uh, other girls who see it the same way. So there's almost like this competition and race to get there first. Um, I, I thought that provided a lot of levity and humor to, to the movie at times. I also think that's just so real of like friendships at, uh, at that age and that time. Like this was elementary, middle school, I experienced a lot of stuff with my friends at that time. Um, Cattiness that would come up or like the exclusivity of a group. So I think they, they showcase that perfectly of at least what I experienced at that time. And I also like too that it allows for Margaret to figure out who in that group is actually her true friend. And who in the group is someone that she thinks that she likes because, it, you know, I feel like so many friendships like at that age are born out of convenience. Oh, you happen to live around the block from me. I guess we're friends. And as you get older, you start being able to make choices for yourself in terms of, no, I could choose my own friends. And th- this person's fake and phony and this person I have a genuine connection with, you know, and I think I think we see that play out here um, as she grows close to Nancy initially, but then she starts to realize the kind of person that Nancy is and grows to realize, you know, I don't even really like her that much. Uh, So I thought that was really well done, too. I did appreciate the fact that Nancy wasn't, like, vilified by the film. You know, she's just a girl. Mm -hmm. She's just a kid. Yep. Which, you know, from Margaret's perspective, obviously, she's committed, like, (laughs) an unforgivable sin. But we as, as viewers know that, you know, she's just a girl. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no villains in this movie. Even the grandparents, um, the born again Christian like grandparents, even them, I wouldn't call them villains per se. Yeah. The villain is that boy. What's that? What's that his name? <laughs> oh my god, <gosh. laughs> that boy! <laughs> Incredible acting by that boy. Oh my god, he's so suave. 
It's like the head tilting. The, the, uh, the page boy haircut. <laughs> I will oh say it gosh. was weird hearing the girl's name is Nancy Wheeler. And I was immediately yeah. like, stranger things. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Remember like those boy girl parties when you were younger? Where yes. you had to mix at this age? Uh, because, you know, when you're younger than that it's quite common to just have all the kids from your class in school like together for a party. But then when you hit like this age, it becomes about like the bottle spinning game and who you're going to kiss in the closet and like things like that. And it's like, Oh my God, get me the hell out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) Oh man, this movie, this movie really captures like so much, even though it is a period film, like we're, like we've been saying, um, I do still feel that so much of it is stuff that we've, encountering our own lives uh, to some degree or another. And I think that's what makes it great. Oh, sure. Uh, what did you guys think of Rachel McAdams in this movie as uh, Barbara, uh, Margaret's mother? Because I think she has to, you know, work through a very complicated uh, relationship with her own parents and use that as a way to, you know, say to herself that she's going to have a, a much more deeper connection with her daughter and yet it's done in a way where, uh, once again, she's never vilified or anything like that. But you can see like there is this like struggle uh, where she doesn't want to push Margaret. She's trying to be gentle in how she approaches like all of her uh, conversations with her. And she's being very loving and accepting while also still working through her own uh, past. I-, I thought Rachel McAdams was really phenomenal here. I think this is actually one of one of her best performances I've seen her give. She was fantastic. I was really good. I I love Rachel McAdams. I've loved her since Mean Girls. And I think she really showcases so much of her like talent. I think the scene that always get that got me about her was when she was explaining to Margaret about her relationship with her parents, the way that she like tears up and tries to like, keep a smile or like try to keep as calm as possible to talk through that is like, whoa, that was so impressive of Rachel and like, and her character, because I think she does mean well, but sometimes her comments like just come across the scene where she, where Margaret wants to get a bra and she's like, Oh, you think you're ready for that? Like Hmm. comes across so genuine and funny, but I imagine Margaret hearing that being like, wait, what? (laughs) She just captures that well-intentioned mom of, as you were just saying, Matt, like trying to be gentle and open as possible, but also unintentionally causing a little bit of harm too is just so real. And yeah, she just captures that so so well. I think that surprised reaction though is funny because, um, Uh, One of you said before that, you know, this stage in someone's life can take place between the time that they're 12 or 16. So when you first hear that question get asked, maybe it does take you by surprise because you're thinking, oh, I thought I still had a couple more years before we uh, got to this stage. Okay, yeah, yeah. You want to you want to talk about that? (laughs) I I love the comedy that Rachel uh, brings to it for sure. I, I even love how. In that scene, like you said, where she opens up about her parents, there is a reluctance. She even kind of puts her foot down at first with uh, Margaret and tells her flat out she doesn't want to talk about it. But 
Margaret pries, but in a way that is actually so um, honest and really sincere that in a worse movie, I could see Rachel McAdams' character snapping at her or shutting her down hard and being so guarded that she wouldn't open up about her past. But this movie doesn't do that. This movie, uh, you know, has a, such a strong connection between the mother and daughter uh, relationship. And it was so open and honest that to me, it just felt very refreshing that she let her guard down and she did tell her her backstory. I, I just don't feel like we see that often enough in movies where it seems like the central conflict most of the time is characters are unable to communicate. And here it was like, no, characters are freely and openly communicating with each other all the time. Yeah, I think one of the that that scene in particular also I remember standing out, um, particularly because it's sort of the first time we as the audience and also probably in her life that Margaret ever takes on the sort of the the roles sort of reverse and she starts comforting her mother like that might be the yeah. first time she's ever had to do that but she like feels that love for her mom and she feels bad for her so she you know she stands up and she hugs her and it's it's very sweet and it I think you know everyone's probably had one of those moments where you've seen your parent get kind of surprisingly emotional and you're like okay I have to do something about this now because I don't want my parent to be crying yeah yeah mm-hmm. And I know that for some of us here, Abby, uh, writer Forstein, I'm sure that we've seen her in the Ant-Man films. Uh, This is, for all intents and purposes, though, like a breakout role, I think, for her uh, at this age and at this point in her career, uh, because we actually see her, you know, we we see a lot of range and we see like more of um, uh, she's she's given a lot of opportunity here to showcase what she could do. Um, I mentioned before, I think the casting this is pitch perfect, and I cannot sing her praises well enough. I think she nails the comedy. I think she nails the drama. I think that every line reading, every glance, everything that she gave to this project was absolutely spot on. And if this is just an indication of what we are to see from her in the future, I- I'm just so, so excited to see what she'll do next. And she's only 15 years old. I thought she was great. Yeah. No complaints. I mean, not that I would ever complain about a child, but, you know. No, no, no. But here I think it's really well earned because I have complained about some child performances in the past. <laughs> yeah, she she's totally I think any child watching this could see themselves in her shoes. You know, she's very sort of adaptable. She does play off the the energy of the adult actors really well. And it's complex material, I think, too, because uh, we don't know how old she was when she shot this. Maybe she was, what, 14, maybe or so. I'm sure by this point, she's maybe probably experienced what the film is ultimately having her character go through. I would, you know, I would hope because you really would have to have like an understanding, I think, of this material to be able to convey it as truthfully and as beautifully as she does in this film. Um, And I can only imagine like how difficult that might have also been for her. But working with Kelly from on Craig, who I think just has such an empathy towards her characters you could just see that this film was like built with like just so much care and love um, for the source material that it translates over into the actors' performances. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. There is just something so 
genuine, earnest, and even at times awkward that like Abby just taps into so well that she can go from comforting her mom after her, she opening up so deeply to being with her friends in the room, saying, <laughs> chanting about wanting their boobs to grow, you know? We like, must, we must. Oh my God. What is it, how, what is it again? Or- our bust. I remember that part of the book so well. <laughs> oh my God. Laugh out loud riot moments in the theater every time that happened. That was so great. <laughs> all right. Benny Safdie. The best dad. No notes. <laughs> Just dad vibes all around. I really appreciate that Benny is taking on more acting roles. And, you know, I don't think that he's been perfect in everything that I've seen him in as of late, but. I really do appreciate that he is still continuing to do this while on top of like him and his brother just becoming like one of the ha- uh, hottest uh, directing duos out there right now. I-, I hope that this means that, you know, as a directing unit that him and his brother don't ever split. But at the same time, it's been very uh, fascinating to see. Uh, Benny just continue on in his acting career working in films like, you know, I think we all saw him recently in Pieces of a Woman, Licorice Pizza. And, you know, next he's going to be in Oppenheimer. Oh, true. Uh, I'm sure some of us saw him in Obi-Wan Kenobi for an episode. So I did (laughs) it. Well, (laughs) I mean, I don't think he's um, like, I don't I don't think anything he's done yet has approached his work on Good Time, which was incredible. But at the same time, I've just, you know. I have found his progression to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. People obviously really like working with him. There was one moment <laughs> where he uh, injures himself on the lawnmower, the motorized lawnmower. And Rachel McAdams, Barbara is like telling him like, you got to turn the motor off. And then uh, Margaret comes down and just says the same thing. She's like, dad, you got to turn the motor off. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that is me and my mom, like ganging up on my dad, like bullying him. <laughs> <laughs> That was too, that was just such a, a brief moment that I was like, wow, that's relatable. And once again, we appreciate a conflict-free dad who's not a stereotypical monster. We appreciate a loving, caring father in a movie. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> the scene where he like pulls up the lawn chair in the living room. Yes. <laughs> like, this is fine. This is good. I'm like, that is literally it. that is dad vibes. That is dad culture. Yep. It was so funny. Totally agree. And even the stuff like with him uh, in his relationship with his mom, like when she comes to visit, um, you can tell that he's frustrated. But he, he, I, you know, I'm just glad that this movie never resorts to making that character um, something that he isn't. You know, it really like it avoids cliche to me. Yeah, I'm glad that in a showcase of women at different ages and stuff, he is there to really support and even when he is going through his own complex issues with like his in-laws are in town who like disassociated with them because they got together and then also his mom is there like he really holds it together and like him finally you know talking back to both of them after like you know the big argument happens it's well earned and justified it's like this righteous anger coming through that, like, he's not being, like, controlling. It's like, you have crossed this boundary of me as a parent right now. And I thought it was 
him and Rachel McAdams in that scene just did it really well. Do you guys think that they're a believable couple? Oh, 100%. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think the chemistry was there. In terms of acting, yes. In terms of age, I was really thrown off. I thought Benny Safdie was maybe the older brother or something. Because I'm like, he is seven years younger than Rachel McAdams. And it kind of threw me off a little bit. But I got into it more as the movie went on. It, it really didn't matter as much. I mean, Rachel McAdams also just has like such a youthful spirit about her still yeah. at 44 years old. She looks the same as she did like 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm just going to come out and say it. She's so beautiful. <laughs> like she's, yes. She's such a star that it's, I would say like, I'm I'm not trying to be mean. Like Benny Safdie looks like a normal person, but it is a little like visually, but I will say as the movie progressed and you saw them together more and you saw the sort of dynamic they had, it, it became more believable, which is a credit obviously to the casting and the acting performances. I mean, also, too, it wouldn't surprise me if women in the 1970s who were drop-dead gorgeous were with a lot of schlubby, so-so average-looking Aww. men. I didn't want to say. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, I mean, it's a time it's a time period thing, you know? Yeah. They dress him up to be a little bit, you know, he's got the patterned shirts and pants and the glasses and everything, but yeah. Yeah, great dad, good dad. Yeah, <laughs> great, great dad. I will say, I, I feel like I should say, other than uh, an incident where my mom's parents apparently had my dad meet with a rabbi to consider converting to Judaism before they got married. I have been fortunate to never have any sort of conflict from either side trying to, you know, convert me and my sisters one way or another. There's never been any sort of anger or animosity between any two sides of my families, which I'm very, <laughs> I realized watching this how fortunate that is because some people don't have that sort of ease and peace within their cultural sides that was the next thing i was going to ask you all though is how do you all feel that the movie balanced its religious angle in terms of you know i i think the movie is just as much about religion and finding your faith as much as it is about margaret going on this uh coming of age uh, uh journey um for her body and how the two, I think nowadays in today's, I mean, even back then, I mean, in a way, it's actually, it's been around for really almost forever, how the two are intertwined, or at least there's a certain um, certain part of the country that wants the two to be intertwined. But it feels like the movie is trying to make the argument that the two don't have to be intertwined, that it all just comes down to choice. Right. And I also noticed, like, Margaret's parents said when she's an adult, she can make the decision. But then when she's 11, she's kind of forced to choose at one point toward the end. And she or or the mother, I think it was the mother who said, like, wait, till you're an adult to make this decision. But Margaret kind of like wants to explore now. Mm-hmm. So uh, the parents tried not to force it on on Margaret. But like those issues were coming up. She was getting curious despite like not being pushed. Yeah. Well, cause it's, it's a natural thing, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I feel that the choice of religion, this is what I was getting at. The choice of religion in a way I think is meant to be um, in a subtextual way, mirroring the issues that we're currently undergoing right now, ever since Roe v. Wade has been struck down of a woman's right to choose and how 
it's a person's right to choose what religion they also want to be a part of. I don't know. That was kind of like what I was reading into it a little bit. Like, But it does it in a very subtle way. It's yeah. not overt. I mean, I think it sort of gives a lot of complexity to the adult characters who I think for the majority of the film we do see as very ideal, supportive parental figures and the grandmother. But then, you know, they have their flaws too. And even the parents who are absolutely trying to do the best thing for Margaret by giving her that choice are sort of not ready for it. And they didn't really consider that, oh, she might want to talk about this uh, younger than you expected. And uh, the same thing with Sylvia, the grandmother, like she is saying, like, no, she's Jewish, like, period, is not not what Margaret needs to hear in that moment. So it by sort of giving the adult characters these flaws, it definitely, I think, brings Margaret a little bit more into reality, realizing that, you know, these these adults in her life aren't perfect and they're going to make mistakes as well. And the reaction that Rachel McAdams has in that scene is quite moving. She's visibly very upset and it's yeah. It's an upsetting scene. Uh, yeah. It, it happens a little, uh, I, like a lot of things in this film, I, I'm just talking from a stylistic standpoint. Felt a, I know, Matt, you said, oh, you got all this done in 106 minutes. I thought some things felt a little rushed um, in general. Obviously, there's a lot to cover. Uh, and I don't necessarily think the book should have been, uh, the movie should have been longer. But there were a couple scenes that just felt like they came and went quite quickly and this was sort of one of them considering how important the scene is Mm -hmm. the movie does a really good job of showing that no matter where you fall on a faith spectrum or even like your views of god like that there there is meant to be this sort of these questions naturally come up and it should be treated with care and with curiosity like being curious about something and not judgmental quoting Ted Lasso quoting Walt Whitman here but but it's true like and you see Margaret go on that as she is being curious and not coming to her own judgment or conclusion until she's kind of like push to it but also just based on what she has seen and I think that is such a beautiful message and I think it's really important to like show I guess even like the religious traumas that like adults have experienced and like you see it play out with with her grandparents and with her parents and so yeah I have watched a lot of Christian movies. I've watched a lot of uh I've watched a lot of people with faith backgrounds be very uh cliched and stereotypical, but I think the way that they did this was just so well done. Like I I've been I've been let down in the past so many times with the with the subject of faith. So to see it done so well, I was just like floored by that. Yeah, because one thing I really like about the way it's presented in this movie is it's never presented as, oh, even though religion is the backbone for what drives so much of today's politicians and decision makers to be forcing us to almost live in a Puritan society all over again. The movie is not judgmental and it does not make religion out to be uh, evil or the enemy or anything like that at all. And... While it does convey that religion 
can be a choice in someone's life, which I really appreciate because I do think that too many households in this world force upon religion onto um, their 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 children and don't allow them to have a choice. For women, what Margaret undergoes in this movie physically is something that is universal no matter what religion you are a part of. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if she's Jewish or Christian. Literally doesn't matter. What matters is that what's happening to her body would still happen the same way no matter what. And she, it almost feels like there is this expectation of, okay, well, you have to choose one or the other, Christian, uh, Christianity or Judaism. But the reality of the situation is she could decide not to choose either one. And that's, and she concludes like, you know, you guys use religion to just fight and argue. And I thought that, you know, yeah, it's very simplistic, you know, boiling it down to just that. But that still is just as true as it was in 1970 as it is today versus as it was a thousand years ago. And so that was the stuff that really resonated with me. And I think the key thing that what I love that it took away from this is like, I think there's a distinction between like religion and a relationship with God. And you see, and so I think that was like the biggest message and takeaway of like, that is a personal relationship uh, versus like a religion and an institution and like what, what religion kind of like puts on a person versus like a spirituality and a relationship with God. Hence why she's still praying to God at the end of the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's great. <laughs> if that's Margaret's relationship, we should allow her to have that relationship. Just as how if Margaret chooses one day uh, to have a baby, not have a baby, we should let her have that decision. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I think that the parallel is there. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's what the movie's trying to convey. It's just doing it in a very subtle way. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that because... If they were to go so um, strong with it, then it's no better than, no offense, Meredith, a full-fledged Christian film in the opposite direction, forcing its oh, uh, yeah. views upon other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's like this balancing act that I that I really, really appreciate in the writing and in the, in the direction and how it's all conveyed. Uh, okay. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Final thoughts. Anything that we didn't mention that you want to mention or something you want to reiterate? Uh, Allison, we could start off with you. Okay. Well, with the Rachel McAdams character, yes, the relationship with the parents was central to her character and like 
being open and after years and years of not communicating with them, just deciding to write a letter, a Christmas card, actually um, sending them a Christmas card. Um, but another thing uh, about her character that they did well was her t- kind of over committing to several like uh, committees at her child school. <laughs> And just, you know, when they ask for more than she's already done and she's at her breaking point, she's like, okay, yes. And then, um, and that kind of aggravated me because I'm like, oh my gosh, she should just say no. And then finally at the end, her character like throws and she's able to say like, no, I do not care. I do not want this. And kind of going back to who she was before that, like exploring like, her status as an art teacher and like, cause that's, that's how she thrives and just embracing that. And also there was a lack kind of, um, of growth with the, with the parents of Barbara, the Rachel McAdams character, like she invited them over thinking like, Oh great. Everything's great now, but like really nothing has changed with them. So, I mean, they're not ultra well, I, I want to say they're not ultra rude, even though they do provoke arguments. Um, so the problems are still there. Like they didn't just disappear because several years had passed and she's kind of expecting like, oh, well, maybe now things will be great. And like, no, not really. Do you think that if Kathy Bates doesn't show up unexpectedly, do you think that then that meeting goes a little bit differently? Oh, it, it would have. It it might have been uh, more silence, but like more awkward. Like there might not have been screaming, but like the parents had not changed. So they still might have been hoping like, OK, are you all Christians now? OK, when are you going to church? Oh, hey, Margaret, you're born again, right? You know, so and I've, I've seen that in my family, too, where. Uh, like, I feel like I've changed as a person, I've grown. And then you go back to some family members, it's like, oh, they're the same. So like, yeah. you, you can't really have a conversation, or the conversation you want, or the relationship you want, if if they haven't changed, or they're not open, and they're, or they're still stuck, like, with their expectations for you. Because it's like, sure, people can be different. But if someone is impressing their expectations on you, and you're not you're not with that, then it's like, oh, sorry, oops, like, I don't know what you're trying to do here. I mean, I think it was Eve that brought it up before, and I hearing you speak about it, Allison, yeah. I kind of agree now a little bit. Um, I do think that maybe that central conflict with the grandparents is resolved a little too quickly and too neatly at the end. Right. And it's not like they're best friends and they're going to be in each other's lives. No. Yeah, yeah, it, it sort of resolved like the grandparents came to visit, but the relationship was not there. I mean, it might have seemed like kind of resolved, but not like, oh, now we're besties. Yeah, it, it's such a complex. Oh, definitely. Topic. And uh, I'm sure they're also, you know, like the, the movie doesn't have the runtime to start giving them like fully fleshed out characters and completing their arcs right. to get us to that point. It's just presented in a very simple matter of okay things are not perfect but both sides are trying and that's what's important right they're trying and now they're they're at least on talking terms you know? right yeah which you know that's i think that's its its own satisfying conclusion in a way anything else um let's see just in relation to uh 
I don't know, I think we already really covered it, but like just the stepping stones of becoming a young adult, like the period was a status symbol in the movie. But I remember just like, um, you know, shaving your legs was also a big thing. I remember in the fifth grade, some girls bragging about shaving their legs. And like me, I was a late bloomer. I was like, not even ready for it. I'm like, ah, no, that's okay. And they were just like shocked, like, what? You don't want to shave your legs? And then like, my mom didn't force me, but at a certain point she did. And then I'm thinking like, I thought you said I didn't have to, you know? Yeah. But it, Oh my God. Part. That's, oh. <laughs> yeah. Where I think my mom said the same thing about a bra, like, oh, you don't need a bra. I'm like, oh good. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm out of danger. Like I don't need a bra, but at a certain point she's like, I'm going to take you to get a bra. I'm like, oh God, I don't, I don't even want this, you know, <laughs> but yeah. It happens. Changes happen whether you want them to or not. So anyway, yeah, those are my closing remarks. <laughs> okay, cool. Meredith, how about you? Final thoughts? I felt very seen by Rachel McAdams' character when she took months before actually putting furniture in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, when my first roommate moved out, it took a while to uh, refurnish different parts of my apartment. So seeing that, I'm like, okay, good. It's not just me. And now is that because you had trouble going through the Ikea catalog and what to pick out or? Listen, I know better <laughs> than to walk into an Ikea. Okay. My, <laughs> my anxiety could not handle it unless I'm there with a list and know exactly what I want. But even then it's, it's Ikea. Oh, it's not going to be a stock. It's no, no it's never in stock. <laughs> yeah, I overall, I'm just really thankful that this movie exists. Um, oh, one scene in particular was the scene of the teachers playing the video for the girls. I had distinct memories of going into my school gym, watching this movie from the 80s of explaining periods and administration so seeing that was brought back a lot of memories and also equally we can just replace all of those old videos and just play this movie in auditoriums and that would cover it all so that's my petition let's make that happen <laughs> definitely like matt was saying show them lincoln in high school and show them are you god are you, there you got it's me margaret like for adolescents yeah definitely okay eve final thoughts yeah i'm really happy that this film exists and i'm really hoping that it'll spark i mean i'm sure it has already spark an interest uh for girls of this generation to start uh reading the book and to see this film and hopefully just feel less afraid of the uncertainty of life and feel like they can ask questions. And it just will start uh, a little bit of a conversation amongst a new generation. Now, from a critical uh, film brain, I will say, I like I kind of said already, I think it kind of lacked stylistically cin cinematic, like cinematography wise. And Editing, I thought, was a little choppy at parts, uh, both with the pace of the film and within the scenes, like the the cutting and the the staging of the actors. I just didn't really think there was it was that interesting. And at some points, it actually was a little bit distracting for me. In an ideal world, I would have liked to see this film try to approach the radical nature of the first of the book 
um, which kind of, you know, now from a 21st century perspective is, is feels tame. So, you know, there's sort of the, what approach do you want to take? Do you want to be faithful to the book, which I think the film generally was, or do you want to sort of try to recreate the mood and the reaction that readers had in the early 1970s? I think that would have been an interesting approach to take a little bit more of a sort of new, uh, not experimental, but just, a yeah, a more sort of radical approach to the, the style of the filmmaking, the way the story is told, the things that the the sort of explicitness of what the girls are talking about. It did feel a little bit, not censored, but, you know, I, I, I understand that, that we do want children to see this film. So you have to sort of balance that out. I'm just sort of uh, doing a thought experiment here of what the film could have been. But, you know, Judy Bloom said that she thought the movie was better than her book. So <laughs> that's that's a grit. That's a pretty in uh, winning statement for the filmmaker. So definitely an, uh, an enjoyable watch. I think if you've read the book, you will definitely enjoy this. Um, I really, really love Kelly from on Craig's emphasis on how important teachers can be in students' lives. And I've, I really got a sense of that here. I thought that was really, really well done and in a very subtle way. Once again, Isol Young, who plays Laura, she's the um, the tall girl in the class. I, I wish we got more of that character. And I wish I wish we, we could have gotten that fleshed out a little bit more. She gets mad at Margaret at one point for, you know, because Margaret's obviously pretending to be someone that she's not. And she's being, you know mean to her uh where really it's kind of like nancy's influence that's causing her to be the way that she's being towards her but i I just you know i thought that character was really fascinating as someone who's hit a growth spurt and like you know is viewed differently by the other girls because of it and just how awkward life must be for her i I wish we could have gotten a little bit more there that's all i mean i think that sort of is what happens when you don't tell the book obviously the majority of the movie takes place from margaret's perspective but you do have those moments you know within sylvia's apartment when she's alone and with uh uh barbara where she's making the stars and trying to paint the bird so you do sort of take away from the perspective of margaret and if if the whole thing was from margaret and we were literally observing it from her eyes the fact that that character is not so fleshed out would make a little bit more sense because you know she has a limited understanding of Laura and the audience does. So I, I think it's it's sort of a trade-off in that way. So then the other thing too um, that I was also wondering, something that you said earlier, Eve, and maybe I'm just having a hard time recollecting, uh, what parts in this movie are not told from Margaret's perspective? Um, mostly scenes with Barbara. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's right. God, of course I can remember that. We discussed scenes like yeah. that. I'm sorry. Um, but okay, so you were saying earlier that you think those scenes kind of take away from the movie a little bit? or No, it's it's not that they take away because there is obviously value to them to sort of show three generations of, of women and sort of how uh, they navigate the world. So there is value in it. I'm saying it just would have been a different approach if the whole thing had sort of had if it, it if it didn't step into the shoes of the adults and sort of give the audience a little bit more clarity about what's going on, I, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting to sort of always, you know, we only know as much as Margaret knows 
which is is the way a lot of books from the perspective of children are are written where you know there's things going on the adults are talking about it and the the author is sort of like I don't know what they're talking about because I'm a kid not literally obviously but I don't know I just think if we're talking about if the we want to sort of emphasize how confused Margaret is about the world and how she's unpacking everything sort of giving us the advantage of seeing things from Barbara and Sylvia's perspective it, it just alters that viewpoint a little bit it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just something I noticed. Sure. I feel like that sounded a little convoluted. No, no, I get it. I, I do get it. Um, and then the other thing I'm going to note here, um, we have like a, a multiverse right now going on with uh, Nancy Wheeler's yeah. or something here. Like, what, What's going on there? You know, I was I was wondering, did uh, Nancy Wheeler from Stranger Things, was, was that name? Is that name just very common or do you think that they directly were referencing are you there god it's me margaret when they created that character for stranger things <laughs> i don't know but that should be a question for them because i think it'd be really sweet if that was the case or if it was a happy coincidence who knows it might just be a happy coincidence because nancy wheeler is a name that kind of rolls off the tongue so i could imagine like in a brainstorm session maybe you just come up with it otherwise I I don't know. Maybe they should just say like if 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 they get asked, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, of course it was. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I think we now know in fiction all popular girls are named Nancy Wheeler. If you name a character <laughs> exactly. Nancy Wheeler, if you name a character Nancy Wheeler, she has to be popular. She has to be popular and cool. I I think it maybe was a direct reference. I do. Uh, and if so, cool. <laughs> Someone tweet at them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Good coming of age film. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of the best ever, but I would say it's very, very good. And I would put it on equal standing, maybe a tad bit better than The Edge of 17. I don't know. I go back and forth because Edge of 17 is a little bit more raunchy. But man, Kelly from on Craig is just with these two films now, I think just absolutely crushing it. I cannot wait to see what she does uh, with her next project. I really hope it doesn't take us seven years to see uh, what it ultimately is um, for this movie. I'm giving it a very strong recommend recommendation of an eight out of 10. Allison, what about you? Uh, yes. I also rated it eight out of 10 in my review. Nice. Cool. Eve. I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. And Meredith. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. So in terms of any awards potential here for, are you Vera God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm like kind of going back and forth between hope dicting and predicting here because while Rachel McAdams and supporting actress and the adapted screenplay both feel like hope dictions on my part, there is a world I could see where this is just so cherished and beloved and remembered come end of year. And if either one of those categories are quote unquote weak, I could see either one of them making a play. Yeah, it definitely could be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I don't think so, unfortunately. Not that it doesn't deserve it, but I, I, I just don't think this kind of story will make its way to... We're talking about specifically about the Oscars. If we're talking about like smaller awards bodies, then maybe, yeah, but, but I don't think that the Academy will necessarily regard this story with the level of importance that it deserves, unfortunately. Mm. And I wonder if it'll be about... Uh, like reception by a larger audience too, because I remember in my screening, there weren't a ton of people, 
But um, and I think one lady in the back even walked out, and I don't think she came back in. So what? That was, oh boy, that was really what? weird. That's um, so weird. It was totally weird. So I'm like, okay, maybe she was busy with something because the movie wasn't horrible. Obviously, um, wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> and I can imagine it being loved by generations of girls. So I, I guess we'll see. I'm I'm the worst at predicting uh, Oscar nominations, but. Also, um, I remember being really impressed with Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye and she and like literally every other actress was being lauded. And I thought, well, okay, maybe that's just the performance that I liked and whatever. And then she was the one who ended up getting the Oscar. I'm like, okay, I she she deserves it. And it yeah, so you never know. I I feel like you never know what's going to happen by the time we get to the Oscars. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at scoping out the expected contenders, but I, I do, I, you know, I do have a tendency to miss something from this early in the year, usually, and something that will go on to resonate, um, mostly because I'm so fixated on what is coming from September until December a lot of the time. Uh, and this is something where, like I said, I feel that these are the only two contenders Rachel McAdams and the adapted screenplay. I don't think there's anything else outside of that that is competing here. And if either one of them were to happen, so take like Rachel McAdams, for for example, she would need to have a critics push. So she would have to be a, a consistent presence within the uh, critic circles that are releasing their nominees and winners throughout the season in the lead up to the televised awards. Then when we get to televised, she would probably have to get a SAG nomination. She would have to get either a Critics' Choice or a Golden Globe nomination. You know, like like a lot of things would have to happen um, in order for it to break through. And the only way that something like that can happen is if the category itself doesn't have a lot of contenders to choose from. Like take last year, for example. There were so many Best Supporting Actress contenders last year. A tremendous amount. Um, you could not have that this year and have a performance like hers uh, breakthrough, even though she's still a previous nominee. I, I just think it's I think it's a very, very uh, tough thing to do, especially when your film is not a best picture contender, which I, I, I love this movie, but I don't think Are You Vera God, It's Me, Margaret is going to be contending for a best picture nomination. Probably not. But if we've learned anything from last year, release date doesn't necessarily matter as far as like what could make its way to Oscar night. So yeah, like you said, Matt, if Rachel is able to keep consistent push from critics and show up for potentially a Golden Globe nomination, we could live in a world where she gets nominated for this. And I, for one, would be happy. I actually think, though, the bigger win would be Kelly getting the adapted screenplay nomination. I, to me, that is more representative of, like, you know, recognizing the movie overall. And I do think that because it is such a beloved source material, you could also have Judy Bloom like on the campaign trail uh, advocating for it. Um, I, I feel that having anytime you can have a, a female screenwriter, you know, in the mix um, always makes your category obviously a little bit stronger. Um, I, I just I don't know. I like there, there's a part of me that once again, I'm like trying to walk a fine line here between I'm trying to see a path for it. But while also at the same time, I'm not trying to force that path. Let's just put it this way. On quality alone, do you all think it should be in the conversation? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, I can see this becoming like a classic that every girl like has to see. And yeah, I mean, even Matt, like you're not a girl, but you (laughs) obviously um, and you didn't have some of the same experiences, but it seems like you were able to relate to it. It seems like you liked it quite a a bit. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if I can, I can see other men, you know, within the Academy also having that experience with it. I don't think it needs to be voted on exclusively by women. I think that, you know, I don't think that that's how something like Little Women gets in for Best Picture. Yeah. I was about to say, men definitely had a problem with Little Women's. Some men did, but I wouldn't. But that's what I'm saying is that a movie like this doesn't get by on just the strength of female voters alone. Um, And I think that with Are You Fair God, It's Me, Margaret, I do think that there is enough universal themes in here that there are some other like male voters who will still push for it while at the same time I do agree that there will be also conservative voters, male voters who will scoff at it and try to write it off and who knows maybe it'll become more controversial as more people see it even um, especially if uh, any god forbid politicians catch any wind of it and try to weaponize it I, I hope that you know that doesn't happen but you never you never know in this day and age yeah, it is so hard to imagine anyone looking at this film and thinking that it is any way like worthy of like censorship. It's insane. Don't be surprised. Yeah. On another note, did anybody notice the Judy Bloom cameo? Yes, oh, I yeah. did. Yes, I did. Oh, nice. The dog so- mm-hmm. Yeah, she's smiling. She's having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> a true and proper cameo. <laughs> it's funny. She she has really praised this this um this movie which she said mm-hmm. she literally said this is better than my book which i don't know if i agree with but you know she gives her blessing all right well uh with that said allison thank you so much for joining us as a guest here for this review of are you Vera god it's me margaret uh tell everyone that's listening right now where they can find you on the internet oh sure um i'm allison m on letterbox and on twitter i'm allison cinema a l l i cinema and for those of you that don't follow uh, Allison on on Letterbox, um, she has quite a following on there. So you've become pretty uh, noteworthy, Allison, for uh, making note of how films approach uh, veganism. Am, am I? I'm saying that correctly, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there are different ways of stating it. Um, it kind of happened as an accident. I just discussed like animal cruelty in movies and uh, even something as a hamburger. Some people, like I'll mention it and then people will be like, well, you know, that's not really cruel. I'm like, well, I'm talking about what's going on behind the scenes, the cow is executed, but they'll find it on the letterbox. Yeah, I wanted to highlight that, though, because it is unique and I've noticed that it's gotten you quite a following because people are genuinely interested in this stuff. So if any of our listeners out there are also interested, please give Allison a follow on Letterboxd. Okay, Meredith Loftus, where can they find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Hive at Meredith Loftus. Evo Day? You can find me on Twitter at Eve on Film. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. 
be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details